Welcome to the Autistica Discover podcast. In this episode, we're talking about relationships during lockdown. Lots of us are spending a lot more time with our loved ones due to travel restrictions and working from home and general lockdown. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about how we can look after ourselves and each other and our relationships, especially where one or both members of a relationship is autistic. I chatted with Dory Zenner, an individual couple and family therapist from Toronto, who specialises in working with autistic clients with a particular focus on neurodiversity and autism acceptance. So whether you're autistic yourself, your loved one is, or neither of you are, and you just want to learn a little bit more about looking after each other, do have a listen. Are you finding that community members are bringing sort of particular concerns to you around COVID-19 and, and coronavirus? I think the biggest ones that people identify are uh, the uncertainty of it all. What is our life going to look like um, when this is over? How long will this go on for? And the change in routine has been really, really, really difficult for Penny, trying to establish a new uh, day-to-day life. Um, some other things I've seen is just that people are exhausted. Uh, things that were just automatic before now have to require a lot of planning, like getting your groceries in a safe way, going shopping, uh, connecting with loved ones. So everyone's executive functioning is just operating on overdrive and they're, they're tired. People are very tired. Um, also, uh, some people who are living alone are finding themselves be very isolated and feeling quite lonely and not being able to connect with people on a regular basis. And on the flip side, a lot of people are talking about being more overloaded socially these days because everyone is available and they're finding that people are reaching out more and they're having online work meetings and uh, their social anxiety is up. So it's really interesting. It is hitting people differently, but those are just a couple of the few things that I've noticed in the clients that I'm working with. Yeah. It's actually, it's, I haven't actually heard anyone talk about the, the executive dysfunction side of things before. Oh, it's huge. It really is. And, and just sort of that kind of planning, getting to the shops, planning what you're going to get when you get to the shops, all of those little things that previously you wouldn't necessarily have thought too much about suddenly become huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting to hear you say that. We even, um, like repurposing your own home. So taking, what used to be a space that was designated for one thing and having to um, use it for a totally different purpose requires a lot of thinking outside the box and organization. And just because we're out of our routines and the things that automatically prompted or cued us to do things, uh, we really have to work extra hard to initiate tasks and to get going on things. And I'm finding that people's shift is just so interrupted, like they really are getting more into that monofocus um, in things that feel good. And then having a hard time to transition to take care of some of those basic needs that they need to do. And one of the things I've been wondering about, because obviously a lot of couples are together a lot of the time, whereas maybe they would have previously had more time apart. But because of lockdown, we're all kind of stuck with the people that we're with, for for want of a better term. Um, So I'm just wondering, would you have any advice advice for couples where either one or both are autistic? but they're, they're spending a lot of time together all of a sudden. Yeah, I think the first thing to say is that during a time like this, where you know before you would naturally have some separations in your life throughout your day, going to work or doing your, your routines, and now you're stuck together 24-7, uh, getting on each other's nerves is completely normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, please don't think that this is a sign that your relationship is not healthy or that you're not compatible. 
it's totally healthy to feel that you need a break from your partner. Um, and definitely need to figure out ways to do that. So some of the things that I talk to my clients about is just maintaining healthy boundaries, being able to carve out that alone time, as we know, is so essential for so many people on the spectrum to recharge, to focus on the things that they're interested in, um, just have quiet and downtime. And often, um, the way things are right now, that can be difficult, especially where you're sharing spaces where before um, you would have that natural break. So um, the other thing I just want to point out is that if if there is a partner who is taking a lot of alone time, sometimes the other partner might feel rejected as if um, they don't want to be with them. And I just want to point out that it's very healthy for that individual to take that time for themselves. And it doesn't mean they don't want to be with you. They're just trying to recharge for themselves and for the relationship. So I try to recommend if you do have uh, enough space within where you're living, have designated spaces and times where you each pursue your own interests and you each unwind and then have designated times when you come together. That way there's no misunderstanding about, um, you know, oh, I thought we were going to watch a movie together. Or, oh, I thought we were going to do this together. This way uh, there's clear expectations about alone time and couple time. And also I think... Um, Trying to get all your emotional needs met just through one partner can put a lot of strain on the relationship. So I recommend for people that they reach out, they connect to supportive family and friends, maybe support groups online so that it's not just their partner who is uh, fulfilling those emotional needs. That's really helpful. And would there be anything in relation to possibly communication and, and how people are communicating to sort of maintain a, a healthy relationship while they're they're together so much? Well, I think one part that's really important is to designate specific times a day actually where you're not communicating. A lot of people are working from home right now. And as you know, if you're focused on something and someone comes in to try to get your attention, um, it can be really um, disruptive and irritating. And that person might lash out at their partner. Uh, just because they're, they're getting interrupted. So I think it's really clear to delineate, uh, okay, this time from, you know, nine to 12, I'm going to be working, but let's get together at 12 to one. Let's have lunch and let's, uh, connect at that time. Um, if you do notice that there's some tension within the relationship and you see maybe that your partner's withdrawing, uh, try to acknowledge this in a supportive way, like approach the person to say, I notice you've been a bit quieter lately. Is everything okay? Uh, and recognize that face-to-face -face communication can seem really, really intense for some people and feel very threatening. So if you are having communication difficulties with your partner, sometimes it's best, best to bridge that gap uh, with a text message, uh, maybe a funny meme or an emoticon, a bitmoji, whatever it is that you use to convey a bit of humor, um, email, or even a phone call because uh, that face-to-face -face communication um, can be difficult. Brilliant. And obviously it's, it's a, I think for everyone, it's quite a, an anxious time because there is so much uncertainty and obviously that can bleed into relationships then as well. So would you have any thoughts on how a couple might sort of look after it, sort of management of anxiety to, to not have it impact too much on their relationship? I think the first part is being able to recognize what are your signs of anxiety and they really are different for each person. Um, there's often a lot of physiological signs of so racing heart, maybe pain in your chest, 
or uh, cognitive signs like ruminating about the past or the future. Um, but also anxiety can present as anger um, because if the person is feeling overwhelmed, then they might lash out because they feel threatened. But just remember that everyone is feeling anxious right now and autistic individuals have a tendency to have uh, high experiences of anxiety. So if you are with your partner and you're noticing that they're feeling anxious, um, try to be supportive and stay calm. Uh, don't try to solve their problem or diminish their concern. Just be available to them. Um, if you yourself are feeling anxious, know your triggers and try to create a new schedule and routine that helps mitigate around that. Um, setting up predictable daily routines and protecting your sleep is really helpful with anxiety. Um, again, anxiety has to do with feeling out of control. Um, and then when someone can get very anxious, have a panic attack, or maybe have a meltdown, they actually feel like they've lost control. So there might be a feeling of shame afterwards. Um, maybe the person will withdraw or get very quiet. And it's important to be really supportive again during this time and, and just give them space, but let them know that you're there for them and that you understand what they're going through. Um, I have a lot of couples that I'm working with who uh, maybe are both partners are on the spectrum or have... Uh, you know, autistic traits. And one of them in particular might experience emotion in a very big way, very loud, um, very visceral, like you can feel the emotion when they get upset. And this is really difficult for the other partner because they're highly sensitive and they're very empathic. So what I, I try to do is coach that person, tell them to try to create a, a boundary by saying, they're feeling overwhelmed right now, and I know they're very upset, but they're not upset with me. They're struggling, and I'm okay. And it's very helpful to separate that other person's high emotional energy and not take it on as if it's because of you. Don't personalize it, and don't uh, take that energy either. And if necessary, walk away uh, when your partner is really uh, struggling. If it's too intense for you, say, I love you, and walk away, and, and come back when things are a bit calmer. Um, and then I suppose that leads in if, to, to sort of the, the next part of the question that I was thinking of, where it's if you do reach a point as a couple where you are sort of dealing with conflict, but you're in that sort of lockdown situation, would you have any sort of particular tips that you could give for couples? I think the first thing is to acknowledge that both yourself and your partner might be more irritable right now and more sensitive just because you're coping with all of the uncertainty. So if you can, try to let the little things go. If the things that normally bother you, your partner is doing, um, just try to understand where they're coming from and why they're doing it and not um, maybe point those things out in the same way as the past. Know that it's more of a reflection on how they're coping, but not about you. I think when it comes to conflict, it's very difficult to deal with conflict in the moment. Um, it's always best if you can actually talk about conflict even before it happens. So saying, listen, this is a really high stress time. We acknowledge that our emotions are high. What should we do if we're disagreeing about something or if one of us is really upset? And come up with a plan um, that you can try to follow if a conflict does arise. Um, and then make sure that to take some time to cool down um, if things are hot before you try to express your perspective because the other person's not going to be ready to hear it yet and neither are you. Maybe go for a walk or immerse yourself in an enjoyable activity and talk to your partner when you feel calm. 
Um, and as I mentioned before, if face-to-face is too hard, then uh, go at it a different way. Leave them a note or text them or a phone call. It can help to reduce the emotional intensity. Brilliant. That's really helpful. Um, is there anything else that, that you think we should touch on that we haven't touched on? Another relationship that I think is important to talk about is when one member of the couple or both are co-parenting and they have uh, children in the mix as well. So not only are they focusing on their relationship, but they're also taking care of their work and their children and all their day-to-day demands and stressors. And it leaves very little time and energy uh, for the romantic relationship. So what I find helpful is just to acknowledge that you can't do everything. I mean, we're being asked to do extraordinary things right now. And it's important to let go over certain domains in the home or with the kids and maybe certain roles you've taken on in the past and allow your partner to take on some of those as well if they're open to it and try to be flexible to having things done a different way because you can't do everything. Um, and if you delegate tasks so each person has a clear role, it really helps to reduce conflict uh, within the partnership as co-parents, but then also just within the couplehood. I think what's really important is to get your kids back on a good sleep schedule. A lot of children are staring up, staying up very late because their schedule has been shifted and it's not giving the couple a lot of time to have their alone time or their intimate time uh, together. So get your kids back to bed a bit earlier, free up a couple hours for the two of you to reconnect and also make sure you have time for yourself um, to recharge. Uh, The other type of relationship that I'm seeing uh, in my practice is relationships where people are separated from their partners. So these are people who might be dating or in a long distance relationship. And this can be a trying time because they um, can't have any contact, physical contact right now. And for some clients, what I notice is that the emotions start to fade a little bit. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, um, because they're not in their physical presence. It's easier for some of those negative thoughts to creep up. Um, so what I like to do is suggest that, you know, take some time to look at photos of the two of you where you're sharing positive memories or mementos that you have from the relationship. So keep some of those visual, positive visual cues out to help keep the relationship alive in your mind. Um, with your partner away, it may trigger feelings of rejection or abandonment that you may have experienced in the past. So remind yourself that it's the circumstances that is keeping your relationship apart and not your partner not wanting to be with you. And that's really important because people can start to feel very vulnerable at this time. Um, Find a regular time to check in on a daily basis or even every few days where all of your attention can be on your partner and your relationship. Don't feel pressured to talk all day long or keep your screen open virtually all day long to stay connected because some of that passive time doesn't feel very rewarding within the relationship necessarily. Um, Try to find some fun things that you can do together, like uh, virtually, um, maybe playing a computer game together, watching the same videos together, or doing some kind of painting activity so you can have that uh, reciprocal enjoyment. And uh, talk about the things you want to do together when you get reunited, uh, just to help ignite that spark. Thanks so much to Dory for taking the time to chat with me. If you want to see more of our resources around coronavirus and autism, you can go to our website, autistica.org.uk. If you have any ideas for future episodes, particularly in relation to coronavirus, do let us know. Thanks so much for listening.